You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce the Water Garden Wizard, Guru of Goldfish, King of Koi, Lord of Lilies, Plumbing Pro, Raven of Mud, Algecidal Ace, Connoisseur of Clarity, Aquatic Aficionado, the one and only Prince Arpons. Hello, this is Ken Jones. Welcome to our podcast radio show number five, what I like to call our Pondcast, a production of the new Ornamental Water Feature Academy. I am the Prince of Ponds. Join us down at the pool, because court is now in session. We are going to talk about waterfalls, why to have them, how to build them, how to tune them, and how to prevent leaks. But before we do, I have a couple of announcements. The public interest in ornamental water features has always been on the fringe. The fringe of pet keeping, the outskirts of landscaping and gardening, the perimeter of swimming pool construction, the margin of aquarium keeping. In recent years, the interest has grown to make it an industry, a small industry to be sure, but a growing one. We now have water garden stores. We now have our own associations, our own water garden magazines, our own manufacturers. However, in the view of the rest of the world, we are still a specialty on the fringe, and that works against us. I know that we here at Prince of Ponds already have over 13,000 listeners of our new show, and I know most of you are on Facebook. So I have to ask you a favor. We have to show the rest of the world that we are folks who care about ponds and water gardens, that we are here and our numbers matter. A dog or cat owner may spend, what, a few hundred dollars on their pet? But we pond patrons spend thousands of dollars, some even tens of thousands of dollars on our water features. We are consumers to be reckoned with. We want to be counted. And I want you to start by getting on Facebook and going to the new Prince of Ponds page and pressing the like button. Would you please do that for me? Let me know that you are there and you want to matter. It's important to me, it's important to the industry, and it's important to you. Thank you. Now another announcement. I want to remind you that I've been interviewed as a guest on two other shows in recent weeks. If you haven't had a chance to check them out, you will want to do so. These shows provide, I think, a slightly different perspective on Prince of Ponds and tell some fun stories about my jungle party for Steve Jobs and his family the Tropical Rainforest Museum, and some of my other environmental education activities. My first appearance was on author Bob Tart's show called What Were You Thinking? Episode 60. The second appearance was on an aquaculture veterinarian Dr. Yanong show called Aquamania, Episode 31. Both shows can be accessed and downloaded for free at PetLifeRadio.com and on iTunes. Links will also be in the show notes for this episode on my Prince of Ponds website. Enjoy these bonus shows. Now I'm thrilled to be able to bring to you this show, to have fun while answering your most pressing questions. So send them to me by email at ken at com. I will answer back by email and may even use your question on the show. Prince of Ponds will be right back after these messages. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. 
Let's go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Now, our feature topic waterfalls. Who doesn't love waterfalls? About the only people on planet Earth that don't love waterfalls might be the few who have tried to build one from scratch. Because as beautiful and fun as waterfalls can be, they can be difficult to successfully build. The most common problems are leaks, and the end product looking contrived and artificial. But those problems can be prevented. But more on that later. So why a waterfall? As I mentioned, people love waterfalls. We associate them with images of paradise. The sound of falling water is pleasing to most of us. In fact, adding a waterfall or fountain is one of the few ways we have of adding sound effects to our gardens. Of course, it also adds the element of motion to what is otherwise a rather static environment in our yards. Waterfalls in our landscapes enhance our sensory palate. Further, a waterfall sound may be used to mask over other sounds we do not like, perhaps nearby traffic or airplanes overhead. So a waterfall can also serve as a unique bit of outdoor soundproofing by providing what is called white noise, a pleasing, consistent background noise that masks over others. At the invitation of a landscape architect working for an Apple executive, I once built a very large waterfall expressly for this purpose. At his home perched upon a hill, this client had a swimming pool and deck that served as the primary social area in the backyard. The problem was that Freeway 280 ran just below, providing incessant traffic noise. The solution was to build a wall of waterfalls around the back of the deck, separating the pool area from the traffic below. This waterfall wall was 12 feet high and 28 feet long. It was a natural-themed fall made of real rock, with a koi pond wrapped around its base. It featured a combination of cascading and sheeting waterfalls. 
four water pumps powered the system. As you might imagine, this waterfall was very effective at creating sufficient white noise to mask the sounds from the freeway, and it was thrilling to see. It may be no surprise to report that the feature included a great many spotlights among the rocks and in the water of the pond, all of them computer-controlled. Most water features do not sport such massive waterfalls. Even the simplest of waterfalls can be beneficial. One of the main benefits of waterfalls is that they agitate the water, providing aeration. Sufficient oxygen dissolved in the water is important for fish and water quality. This is particularly important in the summer months when water temperatures are higher. The warmer the water, the less the capacity of water to hold dissolved oxygen. Waterfalls are one of the most attractive ways of aerating pond water. Another benefit of a waterfall is its cooling effect. Psychologically, we just feel cooler in the presence of a waterfall. But in fact, the agitation of the water going through the waterfall increases evaporation, which does cool the water. Now this effect is often minuscule in comparison to the whole body of water, but it is a positive nonetheless. Designing Waterfalls Location In nature, waterfalls occur when the water changes elevation from high to low. Therefore, a natural location for a waterfall structure is on a hill, feeding the return water from the circulation system from an obscure location up high over the falls to a lower pool or the pond itself. A stream is little more than a meandering series of little waterfalls and so is placed in similar fashion. If your pond has no nearby elevation changes, then you can add a low-profile waterfall to give the effect of the water coming from a stream or spring, preventing leaks. A common problem encountered by the novice waterfall builder is leaks. A waterfall leak can be a terrible problem because it can be impossible to pinpoint and difficult to seal. Indeed, in some cases it may be necessary to dismantle the rockwork and rebuild the waterfall to put a stop to a leak. Obviously, this is a problem that a builder of waterfalls does not want to have or to worry about. Rocks come in varying compositions, forms, textures, and densities. Mortar is used to hold them together into a shape for a waterfall. Seasonal changes in weather cause concrete materials and natural rocks to expand and contract over time. Therefore, cracks in the rockwork are inevitable. So the only way to make sure a waterfall does not leak into the surrounding landscape is to build it upon a durable, waterproof, continuous membrane or concrete substructure. I often will use both. In fact, in my opinion, it is wise for the professional builder to use more than one waterproof barrier in his water features. If a waterfall is more vertical in shape, then a steel-reinforced concrete substructure should be sufficient. If a waterfall is long and meandering, as in a stream, then the substructure is potentially subjected to more earth movement and possible cracking. So a plastic or rubber liner underneath is advisable, as it is flexible and will accommodate the movement without cracking. A third option would be to essentially put your membrane on top of the concrete substructure, in this case, a thick liquid urethane is applied on top of the concrete in two or more coats. This urethane dries to a tough rubber-like membrane with great elasticity. The top coat is dusted with coarse sand to provide the texture needed to allow mortar for the decorative rockwork to adhere to it. This technique can be used in addition to the other two approaches to waterproofing. So you see, there are two basic structures in a waterfall. The waterproof substructure and the decorative rockwork on top. The function of the substructure is to support the decorative rockwork and capture any leaking water and keep that water in the system. It is usually built just at or below the soil line. Keep in mind that you will be piling a lot of weight upon the substructure, so it has to be strong enough to support that weight. 
This means it has to be thick enough and adequately reinforced with steel rebar. This is one of those subjects where a picture is worth a thousand words and a video is worth an entire encyclopedia. You will find the photos and videos at ornamentalwaterfeatureacademy.com of great help in understanding these techniques. And indeed, I have many helpful photos in the show notes for this episode. I have seen many streams and waterfalls built by others using only a membrane as a barrier and sometimes not even using mortar to hold the rock in place. In time, these all become failures. The reasons are, plastic membranes are slippery and rock eventually slides out of place, exposing the membrane and degrading the appearance of the water feature. Exposed membranes degrade from the UV waves of sunlight, some much faster than others, Eventually, exposure to sunlight will lead to the membrane falling apart. Membranes themselves will shift position due to earth movement over time. I'm not talking about earthquakes here, but the subtle and ongoing movement of soil as it settles and erodes. Sometimes the edges of the membranes will fall below the water level, allowing the water to escape. Loose rock hides many nooks and crannies where leaves and soil accumulate. These holes under and between the rocks make it difficult to clean. If the stream or waterfall is not kept clean of this debris, it will be rot anaerobically, producing toxic chemicals that will degrade water quality and produce unpleasant odors. It is advisable to mortar all rock into place and to keep holes, nooks, and crannies to a minimum. Waterfall Types There are basically two types of waterfalls, sheeting falls and cascading falls. Sheeting falls are simply horizontal sheets of water. They produce little splash, they are quiet, they are refined. Sheeting falls are the formal, civilized member of the waterfall family. Cascading waterfalls, on the other hand, are rowdy. They tumble and splash. They are more noticeable. They produce more sound. They are the fun-loving, almost crazy members of the waterfall family. And as in many human families, waterfalls often contain both types. You should plan your waterfall and consider what types of falls you want and where you want them within the waterfall structure. Are you after a subdued, quiet effect near an outdoor dining area? Is the waterfall some distance away and in need of more action and sound to transmit the distance? Think about the personality you want your waterfall to have. We're going to take a break now, but when we get back, we'll talk about using rock in waterfalls. Prince of Ponds will be right back after these messages. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. I want to speak a moment with you about one of our affiliates and supporter of this show, Audible Books. If you are listening to Prince of Ponds on a smartphone, iPad, iPod, or even a computer, then you've discovered the rich resource that is the podcast. There's another wonderful resource available to you thanks to this digital technology. If you are not partaking in it, you are truly missing out. That is digital audiobooks. Now you can listen to your favorite books anytime, at home, in the car, or when exercising. It's a great way to get caught up on your reading without having to take the time to actually sit and read. 
Audible has a huge collection of over 100,000 of the latest books and the classics for you to enjoy. For listeners of the Prince Upon podcast, Audible is offering a free audio book download with a 14-day free trial to give you a chance to check out their service. I personally recommend the new book Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. You know, I've been a lifelong user of Apple computers, and I spent an afternoon with Steve and his family at their home. You will hear all about it in an upcoming episode of Prince of Pawns, and you can learn all about the incredible life of Steve Jobs in Isaacson's new audiobook. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash princeofpawns. Again, that's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash Prince of Pawns for your free audiobook. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Welcome to Pet Tech, the podcast show about new technologies to help us care for our pets. I am your host, Ken Jones. Welcome to the show that helps you apply today's technology to make the care of your pets easier, safer, and more fun. I am the Pet Tech Guy, and this is the program where we talk about electronic tracking devices, high-tech nutrition, aquarium gear, filter systems, heating, lighting, computer controls, and much, much more. The new Pet Tech Show is available as a free podcast from PetLifeRadio.com, beginning in February of 2012. It is created as one of the new media production services of Ken Jones. Sponsorships are available. Enjoy Pet Tech. Pet Tech. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Well, welcome back to Prince of Ponds. Let's talk about rock. In the largest of water features, giant boulders and slabs of rock weighing several tons will be brought in and moved around with cranes and tractors. The alternative is to build the rock work out of concrete, typically sprayed on gunite. Using coloring and texturing techniques, this can result in some very natural looking rock work. Many of us have seen this type of man-made rock at theme parks and zoos. Rarely is this technique applied in residential situations. For the average home, the cost-effective approach is to make your waterfalls out of real, natural rock. To most of us, natural rock also looks best. The rock needs to be similar to any rock already used in the coping of the pond or the surrounding landscape, so that it looks like it belongs. What is referred to as field stone is commonly used, but many different types, sizes, and colors are available at the local rockery. Usually it is helpful to identify some flat, flagstone-shaped rock of similar color to match with the round boulders you'll be using. These flat pieces will become water sills or spillways. Sometimes entire waterfalls are made up of flagstone or slate stacked flat upon one another horizontally as they are often seen and stratified in nature. More often, the waterfall is made of strategically placed boulders that range from 8 inches to 12 inches in diameter, 
referred to as head and double head sizes. Also, 18-inch and 24-inch boulders will often be used. It should be considered that these are the sizes that can be manipulated by hand and that larger sizes will require mechanized equipment, creating a jump in costs. Now, what about rock placement? Placement of the rock is a slow trial and error process, best performed by someone experienced in waterfall building. It is difficult to convey to others why all the rocks end up where they do in a waterfall. After all, building a waterfall is like putting together a jigsaw puzzle that no one else has ever seen before. Waterfall building is an art. For my part, I always felt that I should listen to the rocks. The rocks were telling me where they should go. There are a few guidelines to help. Waterfall building that produces natural-looking results is an art. The character of each individual rock will suggest how it may be placed within the hole. You start by identifying key rocks, key locations, and priority water behaviors. Keep in mind when building the waterfall structure, the decorative rock work, that there's the rock work that makes up the waterfall structure, and that within that structure, there's the water course. The water course is much smaller. The water course is the path of the water flow. Some rocks you place determine the behavior of the water in that course. You must keep both in mind as you work. The rocks you place will define the overall waterfall structure and the water course. Key rocks are usually the largest or most unique in shape and appearance. They may be squarish, especially useful for building height, or especially beautiful, covered with lots of moss and lichen. Pick out your most special rocks. Rinse them and place them in your key locations where their attributes will be used to best advantage. Identify exactly where you want your sheeting falls to occur and where your cascade falls will be. Sheeting falls require a pool behind them to accumulate and quiet the water flow before it hits the flagstone sill. They also require a pool below them to receive the water without splashing. Sheeting falls are a vertical feature. Cascades, however, are where water is tumbled by smaller rocks in the water course. No quieting pools or receiving pools are needed. Cascades can be nearly horizontal or steeply slanted. Typically, you will choose your locations for your sheeting falls and fill in with the cascading falls between them. The water course should zigzag within the waterfall rock structure. That creates more visual interest. Avoid a racetrack look. Even your sheeting falls will be more interesting if they are angled back and forth rather than in a straight line. If you will build a resonance chamber, a rock cave behind some of your falling water, most easily done with a sheeting fall, you will increase the volume and improve the tonal quality of the sound effects coming from your waterfall. The skill to deliberately design the tonal qualities of falling water is rare and achieved through a combination of much experimentation and long experience. The amateur will not even think of such things. These guidelines are only suggestions. For every rule I can identify, I also see exceptions. Experience helps you discover the exceptions that, when wisely used, make you a master. Decorative mortar. You will be working with mortar as you place the rock to hold it in place. I highly recommend decorative mortar. Mortar made from scratch with extra components to provide color and texture. The goal is to produce a mortar that simulates natural, sandy-looking soil when it's dry. Both black and brown colorants are added. A supplement of coarse sand or fine gravel is added for texture to the mix. Gold finds or crushed granite can be good. Experiment with a few options available from your rockery or garden center to find the results you like. There have been a few times when I did not add colorants because the gray color of the mortar matched the gray color of the rock being used. That can look quite appropriate. 
Sometimes you may want to add red to your mortar to more exactly match the color of the surrounding soil or the rocks being used. Be forewarned, nothing looks worse than having beautiful, natural, mossy rocks mortared in place with plain gray mortar. The natural look that could have been is completely destroyed. The next part of the mortar work is time-consuming and meticulous, but absolutely essential. After the mortar has had some time to firm up, which will be from minutes to an hour or more, go over all mortar joints with a wet brush. Obtain a smooth and continuous joint of mortar between all rocks. Fill holes, remove excess, adjust as needed. Then, using a garden hose with a misting nozzle, spray the mortar vigorously, enough to rinse off the top layer of cement to reveal the sand and gravel beneath. Pooling of the rinse water can become a problem. If it soaks mortar joints, it will weaken them. You are advised to have a wet-dry vacuum handy. You may want to keep it running and use it occasionally to remove any excess water as you go. Finally, cover all mortar joints with a wet, but not dripping wet, burlap. This will slow the curing process, producing stronger mortar joints. The final step to waterfall building is to do an acid wash. When all is done and had a few days to cure, you may notice some white crystals forming on your decorative mortar. This is called efflorescence and is normal. During the curing process, calcium migrates to the surface of the mortar and forms minute crystals, looking like white powder. Besides being unattractive, this mineral can also increase the alkalinity of the pond water to undesirable levels. It must be neutralized. Wash all rock work down with muriatic acid added to a bucket of water. A 5% solution should do it. Be sure to wear gloves, goggles, and mask. The fumes can be strong, and you do not want to get the solution on your skin or clothing. Using brushes and brooms, rinse and scrub to get everything clean. Flush with ample fresh water afterwards. Dispose of the wastewater well away from the pond. The results of an acid wash are visually most pleasing. Water flow. After the substructure is in place and before beginning the decorative rock work, you will want to have a pipe in place to feed water to your waterfall. You may bring the pipe up through the concrete substructure or bring it up over the top coming through the rockwork, but not penetrating the substructure. The size of the pipe will vary depending upon the size of your waterfall and or stream, and the flow rate you want going through it. In residential projects, I commonly use from 1 inch to 2 inch pipe. I recommend Schedule 40 PVC and a valve installed near the waterfall with which to adjust the flow rate. Some of my projects have a cascading stream feeding to a vertical drop with a sheeting fall. At the point of the header pool, that's the quieting pool at the top of the sheeting fall, another return pipe will add additional water for a more substantial flow. This enhances the sheeting fall. Often I have added a second or maybe a third feed line to bring extra flow to the waterfall where I need it. Some large waterfalls have required multiple feed pipes of 2.5 and, and even 3 inches in diameter. Waterfall Tuning After the masonry work on the waterfall is cured for a week or so, and one or more acid washes have been performed, you are ready to turn on the pumps and check out your waterfall. Adjust the valves on the return lines, feed lines to the waterfall, to get the desired effect. You are likely to want to add some additional loose rock in the water course of any cascade fall to steer the water flow. You may also find that adding a piece of flagstone at or behind the sillstone of a sheeting fall improves its performance. This process is known as waterfall tuning. You are experimenting a little bit here and there to get your waterfall just right. Enjoy! Now it has to be said that while this discussion offers an overview of the process of waterfall building, it is incomplete. Many things have not yet been covered. 
Steel and concrete specs, mortar recipes, and provisions for waterfall lighting have not been discussed. You will find many more details in the library of the Academy. Membership in the Academy will also allow you to see the process of waterfall building in action in videos provided in the Academy Multimedia Theater. I want to tell you about the brand new Ornamental Water Feature Academy. For the first time, there's going to be one place where pond owners, pond owners-to-be, and professionals in related fields, such as landscape architects, swimming pool contractors, property managers, and pond store retailers, and many more, can come to learn and share best practices in the building and maintenance of water features. The heart of the Ornamental Water Feature Academy is its website where you can see hundreds of gorgeous high-quality photographs of before and afters, successful features, and step-by-step how-tos. You can network with others with similar interests on the forums and learn from the experience of experts in the resources list. The library contains articles that delve into every topic in detail. You can hear interviews with industry leaders on the podcast, Prince of Ponds, presented in the lecture hall, and maybe best of all in the theater, a collection of 40 and growing professional videos are being developed and offered as a part of membership at the site. Now, the Academy is not open to the public yet, as it is still in production, but as my special guest of the Prince of Ponds podcast, you are invited to take a peek now. Just go to princeofpons.com and you will be able to preview some of the articles and learn more about the Academy. While there, visit the membership application page and enter your name and email into our email notification form to get on our priority list. Doing so will entitle you to big savings should you choose to become a member when the Academy opens. In any case, we will notify you the day it opens so that you are among the first. And why not? It's free. To reserve your ginormous discount and your place in the front of the line. I'll see you there. Now tell your friends and family about the new Prince of Ponds podcast. I invite them to tune in at PetLifeRadio.com or at iTunes. And I would so much appreciate you leaving a review comment on iTunes and voting for the show. Visit us and comment on our new Facebook page, Prince of Ponds. This is a brand new show, you know, so we could use the boost. You can reach me by email at ken at com. Send me suggestions and questions. I'd love to hear from you, and I may answer your questions on the show. Until next time, splash me. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.